The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Every Saturday at 2, we gather up as many experts as we have microphones, and we just get together and we talk about home improvement, which is going to be a good day today. Uh, we've got our regular co-host, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Hey, hey how are you? All right. And in studio, Mike DeMeglio of Floor Coverings International. Hi, hey, Mike. Dave. Good to, good to talk to you. You too. He's in Wake Forest, but he's international. So, if you happen to be listening in Sweden today. Yeah, yeah I go across the street, right? So, I'm international. <laughs> and Brian Finch, and I was told Finch painting, but it's technically Finch quality painting. Technically, that's correct, Dave. All right, good. And you, and you, do, and you do your painting, and it's quality work. That's, that's correct, Dave. That's good. So, it's kind of an interior day. It is. Which I kind of, I, I kind of like. We're... You know, we're not talking about outside siding so much. We're talking about inside um, floor coverings. Let's talk about uh, Mike DeMeglio's work. Now, Mike, how long have you been doing this? So I've owned a business four years. Yeah. Um, prior to that, I came out of corporate America. I was actually an engineer in the on the computer side of the house. And, really? And, yeah, so – I, I look at flooring from the same perspective that I look at engineering. It's solving a problem, right? It's a solution for the problem. So I brought that to flooring, oh, but okay. I've owned, I've owned Wake Forest for, for four years, been, um, but been a great four years of really enjoying what I'm doing. I think if you're going to have somebody work in your house, an engineer is the kind of person you want to bring in, right? Well, it is for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. If, if somebody pulls up to your house and they got a pickup truck and they open the car door and a can falls out, that's not always the guy you hire. It's definitely not. No, you, you call the guy who knows exactly where his crescent wrench is. Even if he's not going to use the crescent wrench today, he knows where it is. So hire an engineer. Brian, how about you? How long have you been doing painting? Um, I've actually been in business since 2011, Dave. Um, yeah. We incorporated in 2015. I was a sole proprietor before that. Um, we've just been plugging along, trying to get better yeah, um, and trying to innovate with some of this new technology that's coming out. And it, both of your fields really have grown in the last 10, 15 years in terms of technology. Oh, just amazing, Dave. I mean, technology has made a huge difference in the flooring industry. It's just blossomed. There's so much new products out there, and we'll talk about some of those today. I would suspect like luxury vinyl plank and engineered floors and and, and so forth. I mean, technology's made a huge difference in the flooring industry. All of which I think are the same thing, but that's just my ignorance. <laughs> I, I do, on the other hand, know what – luxury vinyl plank flooring is because it's the only thing luxury about my house right now <laughs> is that kind of flooring and let me just tell you i had some other flooring that was poor quality we've had this luxury vinyl plank flooring down for maybe a year year and a half and we have three dogs and my daughters bring their dogs over there's not a nick. There's not a scratch. Is that the big selling point? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple in luxury vinyl plank, right? Uh, denting, scratching, waterproofness. Everybody talks about waterproofness. It's yes. one of the big benefits of luxury vinyl plank. There's nothing in it that's that that's susceptible to water. Right, so all luxury vinyl plank by by definition, luxury vinyl plank or luxury vinyl tile yeah. uh, are are waterproof. And then there's variation in how that that LVP or that luxury vinyl plank is made as to how durable is, it, how scratch resistant is it, how dent proof is it, and so forth. And you know we can we can dig into that. Mine looks like wood, and my original notion was. That if I want something that looks like wood, by golly, I'm going to go ahead and get wood, right? Right. And then and then I priced out the wood flooring. Well, well, that'll change your mind pretty quick. Well, yeah, yeah. And two things, Dave. I mean, yeah. one, I mean, wood is is going to scratch easier, right? By definition, it's wood. Sure. Right? So it has a urethane you know, covering on it, and they're pretty durable, but they ultimately will scratch. The LVP, depending on the surface layer, how thick that surface layer is, is virtually indestructible, right? Yeah. So it looks like wood. There's yeah. that technology coming into play, right? High-definition photography, uh-huh. you know, inkjet printers that print millions of colors. I mean, they make these things look just like hardwood, right? It's, it's gorgeous stuff. Yeah, mine does. It looks like a beachfront cottage. Really, that's the look we went for. And and we're able to get it at a decent price, a really decent price. Yep. Now, Mike, for our listeners that that might not not necessarily be in a position yet where they want to replace their floors, let's say they want to refinish their floors. Is that something you can help them with? No, absolutely. We do all flooring. So we do carpet. We do luxury vinyl plank. We do engineered floors. Solid hardwood floors, pre-finished and on-finished. And then I have a fairly large crew that does does refinished floors as well. And, Brock, that's an area where customers really need to qualify the, the company that's doing the work. That's it's, right. It, it's artistry. I mean, it truly is. You can have somebody come in and put in a floating floor, and if they make a mistake – it's relatively easy to fix, right? But if you refinish a floor, I mean, we're using big industrial sanders, we're sanding that floor, we're we're staining the floor, putting down polyurethane on on top of it. If there's a mistake made somewhere in there, you're refinishing that floor from start all over again. That's right. Right? So it's really imperative that you qualify and hire the the company that has skill and, and the backing, and, of course, the, the appropriate insurances and so forth. Right? Yeah. Now, Brian, we've, I, was, I was thinking about the projects that I've had over the last couple of years in my house. One of them had to do with a small water leak that blew out an area of the popcorn ceiling in my bathroom. Wow. That's, and, that's a tough one. Well, we were not going to go ahead and repair and patch the popcorn ceiling. Sure. So he had the fella go ahead and remove the popcorn ceiling. In the bathroom. In the bathroom only. Small master bath. Just a simple thing. I've never seen anything messier in my life. <laughs> Brian, if we have to do that in the rest of the house, I'm calling. Please do. Please do. Because um, we're not going to do that ever. Dave, we'll try not to send you to a hotel to stay the night, but... 
we do uh, we do put plastic down everywhere. We yes. cover your floors all the way up to the seams of the ceiling. Mm. And when you're doing this, what's the process of bringing that down? Are you moisturizing, putting moisture in it, and letting it soak? Is it? That, that that is the that's the beginning process. So we kind of have a little bit of a compound mixture that we we kind of mix together for ourselves. Yeah, we spray it up there with a a bug sprayer, and then we come back after about ten minutes of letting that set up. Um, come back with um, some nice big blade knives and come back and try to come back with it very evenly without grabbing the drywall or the gypsum underneath the popcorn. Right. Right. And that's kind of the trick because if you can get the popcorn delaminating off the drywall without actually chinking the drywall, then your work is kind of – it's a little bit less. We learned that that's a skill that doesn't come to everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have it. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not skilled in that area at all. I'm yeah. just saying, you know. But but then, then of course, you're going to repaint that surface. That's correct. So you don't want to dig into that drywall. You don't want to damage that drywall because that's just more work. That's exactly right. You want to treat the drywall as precious as possible. Um, you know, obviously, after you get the popcorn down – you even kind of want to clean up that existing popcorn that's kind of laying on the ground because what happens is eventually that popcorn is going to turn to dust itself. Yeah. And so you're just kind of mitigating the dust around the room as you work. And if you do not clean up that initial uh, scraped popcorn at that time, then you're you're kind of looking down the road at some problems you may uh, and, and you know acquire with the dust and possibly uh, throughout your coating process. You could have some grainy kind of coats. Is popcorn ceiling, is the concept of having a popcorn ceiling, is that going out? It is, actually. Uh, we've, we do about five or six a month. Um, so that's kind of, we're a small business, so we kind of do more than we think the average business may do a month. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of calls for it each week, um, maybe two or three calls a week. Um, and it's just something that we do really well. Uh, we've got a five or six st- uh, step process. Um, when we get the initial popcorn off the ground, what we like to do is kind of go back in. And before we even do any kind of point up, what we like to do is we like to spray an oil primer just to kind of give some sheen to the ceiling. Yeah. So we can actually see the imperfections a little bit better before we go and do the uh, tape seam um, renourishment, I guess you could say. And then yeah. also to the point up, which. Um, both those are very important. If you don't have crown molding, um, you know the tape seams will actually droop, and not just the center of the room; they'll even droop on the the seams of the walls where the ceiling and the wall meet. So that's kind of a a lot more work, I guess you would say, if you did not have the crown molding existing. All right, all this makes sense. I wouldn't have thought of it. Uh, no, I wouldn't have either, but it, it shows you this guy knows exactly what he's talking about, and this is uh, – you, you definitely want a pro to come out. Okay, if you have a question about anything to do with flooring or anything to do with painting or alternately since Brock Emmons is here and you have a question about insulating or putting a radiant barrier or, as it turns out, um, putting a logo on your garage floor – which I um, we're going to get into at some point. 
Go ahead and dial this number, 919-860-9783. You won't be on hold very long, 919-860-9783. We're on with Mike DeMeglio of Floor Coverings International in Wake Forest and Brian Finch of Finch Painting and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on WPTF, that's FM 98.5 and AM 680, WPTF and Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News, talk, traffic, and as it turns out, information about your home. Making your home great every Saturday starting at 2, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, myself, Dave Alexander, and today, Mike DeMeglio of Floor Coverings International and Brian Finch of Finch Painting. Now, Mike, i got to ask you, I've got a lot of customers that call us out and tell us, Listen, we have a new flooring put in our house, and they went down into the crawl space and did moisture readings and humidity tests, and I have to pass a certain criteria in order to put this type of flooring in my home. Can can you help walk our listeners through that and and, and explain the process of what all is required for certain types of flooring? Yeah, great great question, Brock. I mean, it's particularly – focused on any type of wood flooring, right? Whether you're putting in solid hardwoods, engineered hardwoods, or even laminate for that matter, right? Because laminate has a pressed particle board core, right? Right. So they're all susceptible to humidity and and water. So we always carry our moisture meters. We're always making sure that that subfloor is sub-14% water content. Right, we'd like to see it lower, but but fourteen percent is really the in, in industry standard. What happens in if that humidity content or that water content in the subfloor, which is coming up from their crawl space, right? It if it's higher than that, then that floor will ultimately cup and bow, right? Because it's wood, right? Wood. Right. Wood moves, and you know one of the one of the issues with solid hardwood, and we love solid hardwood, right? It's beautiful; it adds a lot of value to the to the home. Yeah. But if you have high humidity content, that floor will will expand and contract, right? The lower the humidity in the winter time, it starts to it comes to, together. The higher the humidity in the summer, it 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 expands, right? So. So you have those those issues. So mitigating that problem by doing something in the crawl space, reducing the humidity in the crawl space, will make the floor more stable and keep it from expanding, contracting, bowing, uh, cupping, those types of issues that, that you'll have. I mean, how frustrating would that be if you, you spent all that money to put beautiful floors in your house and, yeah. and they just started cupping on you? That would be a nightmare. And I assume cupping means turning into a C. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turning, yeah. well, no, it, yeah. It, yeah, it would be like a C, like like having waves, waves. on your floor, right? See, I, mean, I walked into a customer's home, and this was you know maybe four or six weeks ago. Anyway, beautiful hardwood floors across the entire first floor of their house, yeah, and that whole floor was was cupped. Wow. Right, and it was cupped because of the humidity that oh, was yeah. coming up through the subfloor. It's exactly right. Wow! Right, you wow. were passing around pictures of a cupped floor. Oh, oh, a yeah. cupped floor. Yeah. Now, now, individual boards 
they themselves become either convex or concave. I right. can't remember right. which yeah. one, but they turn that way. Right. But there's also the length of the board. The left-hand side is higher than the right-hand side. Or, right. right. Or both ends are up. Yeah, right. 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 You'll get you get it more in the center of the board than yeah. you do on the ends, right? Okay. Right, because particularly in solid hardwood, yeah. solid hardwood is nailed every six inches, right? Mm-hmm. So that board is held down pretty pretty hard, pretty steady across the length of the board. But depending on the width of the board, the wider the board, the more it has a susceptibility to cupping if, right. the, if the humidity is high. Well, All right. Right. Brian Finch is here from Finch Quality Painting. And I know that there's been a major, just an explosion in the chemistry and the science that's gone into both of your fields. But painting, there's got to be a lot of big changes there's some great changes uh dave uh, actually you know ben moore and sherman williams both have done their due diligence and kind of uh getting us through this uh i guess uh volatile time here with the painting world um the yeah. vocs zero vocs the volatile organic compounds if you will yeah um pretty much all the lines that both companies sell and even with your uh, big box store brands, those companies will have the zero VOC emblem on all cans these days. So that's kind of a throughout the manufacturing process. Um, right. Also, there's a new thing with uh, oil and latex. Um, do you want either oil or do you want latex? Well, there's a new thing called like a hybrid. So you can get kind of both of best worlds where you can get the waterborne alkyd paint, which is kind of a it washes off like uh, like a waterborne product, like a latex, but it lays down like an oil product. So it self-levels itself. It has properties of hardness like an oil would. Why would I use one versus the other typically? Sure. sure. Um, typically, some of these paints are designed for trim only. Some yeah. of them are designed for gypsum. So you want to see kind of what your, say, project kind of entails first. Right. What your budget allows. Um, these paints are not going to be your cheaper paints or your less expensive paints. These paints are going to be a little bit more higher end. Yeah. But they do last uh, a lot longer than your normal uh, commercial or lower end residential paint would. Yeah. My dad's house had turquoise paint. Nice. Now, this dates both my dad and me. <laughs> okay. It had turquoise appliances, too. My daughter would like that. You think? <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. Well, I mean, it was a great idea in 1965. Well, it Dave, was not. Dave, if you leave it long enough, yes. it all comes back, yeah, right? right. Well, so, well, this is the problem. I think that's back in now, Dave. We, 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 <laughs> Dad would actually say, go ahead, yeah, flake it off, because it was coming off. Sure, sure. It was coming off anyway. Just don't eat it. What did he do? Well, <laughs> oh, sure. It's too late. <laughs> no, no, no. We didn't need it. And it wasn't lead-based paint. My question is, what would cause paint to actually leave, you know, sure. to, to delaminate from the wall or, you know? Well, just that humidity conversation that we had earlier about the floors. Yeah. Um, humidity in a house can destroy it. Uh, 
you know, with painting, um, even the drywall, the gypsum, the wood behind the gypsum. I mean, you've got to think about every little element that goes into painting a house. And so when you think about it, if you're kind of looking at, say, the gypsums being bowed, or if there's some kind of cracking going on, you've got to look a little bit deeper and see why that's happening. Is the dryness of the house too dry? Um, there's yeah. got to be a good even keel of humidity. And I think in North Carolina it's very challenging because we do live in a high humidity state. So I think it's very challenging to have that humidity to be inside and outside, but less inside, I guess. Right. And before I paint or before I call you or when I call you, I, do I have to plan that uh, they're going to put down a primer? You don't have to plan that. Um, we do some spot priming here and there. Obviously, if you have something that is pretty um, difficult to remove, uh, delamination, um, you're getting down to the bare gypsum, yeah. you want to prime, that's for sure. And if you get down to like even bare paneling, bare wood, um, anything that you have that you're kind of going to go over, even strong colors, red, blacks, uh, purples, you kind of want to – Take those down to um, even them out to kind of even kill the color to get it back to right uh, to the right color. So we can't see the color up underneath because that's correct. Even a two or three coat process will probably get you there, but the primer will 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 help you out a, a, a good deal. My daughter's moved out, and her 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 project was to paint it all barnyard red. There you go. Yeah, we're going to be. <laughs> yeah. This is making your home great. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, news, talk, traffic, and making your home great every Saturday at 2. We've got Bill in Raleigh, but let me just remind you that we have in the studio Mike DiMeglio of Floor Coverings International, Brian Finch of Finch Painting, and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And Bill in Raleigh, thank you very much for hanging on. Yes, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. I've got a question about popcorn ceiling. We've uh, we built the house in 1977, and it's all popcorn ceilings. Uh, they've they've held up okay, but we're definitely willing to go away. Um, is there any particular concern, special concern, about a popcorn ceiling that uh, dated back to 77? E. Yes, sir. There is a concern about asbestos. Obviously, back uh, back then, there was asbestos in basically almost everything. Um, with the popcorn, um, I have friends that are, uh, you know, building inspectors, house home inspectors. What they have told me, um, and, and you know, they do a lot of this as well. Is um, I believe there's some kits that you can get and take um, to um, send them off to. I think there's a lab in Greensboro, and I believe it's maybe two day return time. And I believe you can get the kits possibly at the big box stores. I believe they sell them now. Um, or if you can't get them there, you can possibly order them online. But I believe it's just a swab in the popcorn, and you put it in a tube, and then you send it off. And I believe you get it back in two days. I believe that's. The best way I could possibly tell you just to mitigate your fear, because what we know as professionals is um, there's very little um, asbestos parts per million within that uh, popcorn. But some popcorns obviously come from different manufacturing plants, and so you always want to be sure. Yeah. Oh, um, 
What level of um, asbestos would not be a problem? Several parts per million? Um, actually, you know, that's a good question. I believe, um, and I, I'm not a home inspector per se, but I believe the parts per million that the home inspectors go by, I believe, is, um, I want to say it's point zero zero one five. And I believe it's just there's very little, um, and, and that's just that's a, it's a percentage of a percent. So obviously, if you can think about it as that, um, there's probably uh, it's very very little. And when we take it off, obviously we we're masked up. We have a coating, we have a, a full um, suit on, and we have um, coverage over our feet and our hands as well. And so we are taking precautions, but. Uh, you know, as a homeowner, I wouldn't think that it would be very, um, you know, fearful for you to have it in your home as you, as you speak. Okay. Yes, sir. There's another, okay, there's a second part to the question, too. Uh, one of the rooms, the kitchen, uh, <clears throat> had a water leak about 15 years ago, left the stain on the, in the, in the popcorn ceiling drywall, and uh, we uh, painted that over the popcorn in that room with a uh, sealer, um, like a kills type of a full base sealer, and uh, of course it, was, it took care of the uh, stain. Is that going to uh, since that's been painted? Uh, is removal of that going to be even more complicated? That's actually a really good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, it it will be a little bit more. Um, the oil primer does seal things pretty well. Um, what you would have to do is just, um, as a professional, what we do is we kind of muscle through that portion. Um, and when I say muscle through it, we just we kind of grin and bear the fact that it's not going to come off as easy as it would if it was water-based. Um, and we just kind of just just manually go through it. And it's, it's a little bit more difficult for for us. But, it, it, you know, it just on the other side, it, it allows us to kind of point up the drywall and, and make it look a little bit more better at the very end. So. The, um, well, one, op- one option I was thinking about was if I just had a thin uh, layer of drywall uh, applied uh, over that ceiling in that particular room. It's not a big room. It's a small kitchen. Yes, sir. That's that's actually a great idea as well. Um, you have to look at all the mitigation mitigating factors as well. But is there a crown existing? Is there... Um, is it an eight or nine foot ceiling? Um, do you want to kind of lower your ceiling, or do you, are you are you comfortable with that ceiling? You know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thank you for your answers, and I appreciate it so much, Bill. Thank you for the call. All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. Now, now Brian, I've I've got a question for you, which we we briefly talked about during the break, and I had mentioned to you in my house. Uh, the corner bathroom of the home. Okay, I've I've totally redone the bathroom. Uh, and we started noticing we were getting a little bit of mold growing on the ceiling in there. So I replaced the fan that was in the bathroom and, uh, you know, sanded it down, remediated the mold because, you know, I, I do that for a living. Uh, and it just, uh, even after I hooked up a very small uh, indoor dehumidifier, thinking that should bring the humidity in that bathroom down low enough where the mold wouldn't grow, I'm still getting those little spots coming back. So I had asked you, you know, is there a paint that that's specific that we could use in a bathroom that would help to prevent mold growth there is there's two paints that we like uh so we we like both companies uh, equally uh, ben moore has a great paint out uh it's a kind of in the last couple of years it came out it's the aura bath and spa 
Um, it's a high humidity paint. Uh, it's manufactured for just that purpose. Well, that's fancy. See that that should have solved. I should have known it's, that. That would have <laughs> solved my problem. I've had to sand that well, ceiling now, twice, Dave. Well, no, wait a minute. Would it have solved your problem if it's a humid environment? Is the mold going to grow anyway? That's correct, Dave. It, the mold's always going to be there. You want to okay. kind of just try to mitigate the humid humidity. Yeah. Excuse me. And and you know, Sherwin Williams has a great product as well. They've got a pro industrial pre catalyzed water based epoxy. Sure, they do. The problem is, you know, all the ceilings are going to get moldy. You know, so these these paints are going to have moldicides, anti anti uh, microbials in them. They're going to be a little bit more expensive than your run of the mill uh, thirty or forty dollar a gallon paints. They're going to run to your fifty or sixty dollar a gallon. Oh yeah. Now Mike Demeglio of Floor Coverings International are mentioning during the break that really there's been a science change also with floor coverings depending on what it is, uh, where mold has been considered. Well, it's the same It's the same thing, Dave, right, that, that Brian's been talking about. So manufacturers are now building antimicrobials into their, into their flooring. Particularly, we, we've been talking about luxury vinyl plank. Yeah. A lot of luxury vinyl plank, not all, but a lot of it is it incorporates antimicrobials. So you can't get mold growth in that flooring. Yeah. Because today we're putting LVP, luxury vinyl plank, into kitchens, into bathrooms where yeah. you would typically have tile, right? And we still do a lot of tile, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to reduce our our efforts in tile. But it's tile is is a very expensive process, right? It's the installation process that costs quite a bit. So an alternative to that is using luxury vinyl plank, but yet you have a very high humidity environment, high water environment, and, you, and the antimicrobials make a huge amount of difference. We were, um, we've done that and put the luxury vinyl plank in the bathroom. Right. Now, it's, a, it's textured. That's right. It, 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 you know, it does look like wood. Right. I have to laugh because what we replaced in most of the house was a uh, very inferior product from about 10 years ago and it came from a place either with warehouse or outlet or something or other right and me and a buddy put it in in the name you know what i'm saying right. you, you know no, no, what I'm I got you. Yeah. And, and it was as low price as we could find it had a picture of wood on it but it didn't feel like wood it wasn't really wood right and the it de, it the paper came off it pretty quickly. Wow! But but what I've got down now is textured. So you really need to make sure that it's not going to grow mold, right? Because moisture can sit in there. No, it absolutely it, it absolutely can, right? And and that's why the surface layer becomes is an important criteria to look at when you're looking at any of the luxury vinyl planks. Yeah. And, and and as a side note, by the way, they make luxury vinyl tile. So mm-hmm. if you don't want a, a, a wood plank look, yeah. there are tile looks as well. It's same 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 technology, same type of product. It's just in a 12 by 24 or 24 by 24. It's a, it's in a tile shape, instead right? Of, instead of a long plank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a – right. Yeah. yeah. So some people in their bath want a tile type of look. That's that's available on the market as well. We carry a lot of that stuff. Um, but 
but the surface layer becomes very important. And surfaces on on the surface because this is it's high definition photography. It's like uh-huh. the old sheet vinyl product was made, right? right? So it's a photograph that's put down onto either a wood polymer core or a stone polymer core, and there's a picture put on it, and then there's a, a surface layer to protect that. That, go, right. that, that comes anywhere from two milliliters, right? It's a liquid. You can't see it. Yeah. So two milliliters to 20 milliliters, right? 20 milliliters, obviously thicker, better. It's, it's not going to deteriorate. It's not going to scratch. It's, you know, it's not going to get mold growth and, and, and so forth. Right. That, that's either a urethane, an acrylic, or, or a ceramic. So customers want to look at what that surface layer is. Sometimes, in in some places, it's hard to find what that is. It's not advertised all the time. So ask whoever your flooring person is, what's the surface layer? Right? You mean the thickness of that layer? Of that layer, right, right. And, and it's usually associated with warranty, right? So if it's a two milliliter surface layer, which is the basis, it's, it's going to scratch – there, you may get you may get a five year warranty with that. Okay, a twenty mil surface layer, which is typically the 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 highest in the residential market. The commercial work that we do, you'll see thirty plus milliliter layers in the commercial world. But in in the residential world, a twenty milliliter layer will will uh, equate to a lifetime warranty. So now you're putting a floor into an environment that has a lifetime structural, lifetime wear, lifetime warranty. You know, it's a floor that you're not going to have to replace. Well, Mike DiMeglio of Floor Coverings International and Brian Finch of Finch Painting, Finch Quality Painting. We're going to talk about how things are different nowadays and how you've adapted your businesses because we all have to kind of adapt to the point where, you know, it used to be you could shake the hand of a customer. That's that, Dave. That's the it's hardest. Strange for me. That's it's the it's hardest tough. thing for me. Right. When this all started, it, it was just natural for me to reach out sure. and and to want to shake somebody's hand. Right. So I've had to learn to kind of you know hold my hands when I walk <laughs> into a house. Right. So that I don't. So I don't want to shake somebody's hand. Right. It's be. It, it's gone on long enough here right. now, going on seven or eight weeks, where where I'm not doing that. But that was tough. No, right. That was hard. We'll talk more with the three fellows I have in the building here. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, Brian Finch of Finch Painting, and Mike DeMeglio of Floor Coverings International. Anne from Raleigh is on the line. We'll get with her in just a moment on Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5 and AM 680, WPTF. Making your home great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. The telephone number is 919-860-9783, and we'll pick up with Ann in just one minute. Now, Brian, what happens if, uh, let's say I've got a metal roof on my house, and it's it's a great roof, it's beautiful, but it's 16, 17 years old, some of the paint, the original paint is coming off of it. Is, is, is that something we're able to repaint, or, or do I got to replace my whole metal roof? Not at all. Actually, you know, we did a huge project at the North Carolina Farmers Market recently where we did their commercial division um, back where they do the loading of their docks, and they had 
a metal roof overhang. And okay. we had a nice universal primer that we used on it. Um, I believe that overhangs probably from the 50s, um, if I had to guess. Now, is is there a certain temperature it has to be outside to do a, a painted roof? There, that, that's a great question, too. There is a certain time of year you want to do it. You want to do it this time of year is perfect when the humidity is less. You don't want to get into the really hot months uh, when it gets above 90, 92 degrees. Now, why is that? Um, when you get high heat like that and you're trying to do a roof work or any kind of metal work, you're going to get some kind of um, – you're going to get to a place where the paint's not going to actually start adhering. Um, it's going to possibly not dry as quick. And then you'll have the humidity factor that comes in throughout the night that the dew, once it comes back and settles on top in the morning, it's going to leave you with um, a little bit of splotchiness. All right, that's Brian Finch. You want to contact Brian, 919-609-7759. Of course, if you call now, it might, you know, you might hear the ringing on the radio, and that would be a bad thing. Oh, or you could... Or I think you, I muted my phone. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> but it's, that's all right. But, the, but it's Finch Quality Painting. We've got a question I know from Mike DeMeglio of Floor Coverings International from Ann in Raleigh. Ann, thank you for waiting. How can we help you? Yes, we have an 18-inch square porcelain tile floor in our kitchen. And I'm getting kind of tired of cleaning the grout or feeling the grout. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good for and, you. Um, can, I, I missed the beginning of the show, so this may have been addressed, but can that luxury uh, vinyl floating floor go over ceramic, or would I have to jackhammer that up? <laughs> no, no, that's a great question. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah. I want to see you jackhammer it up. No, not, not really. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's it's a great question. We float that floor over virtually everything. Um, really? Yeah, we floated it over uh, over tile before. Um, you, we need to make sure that the transitions, whatever the transition to your other floor is, that we put an appropriate transition there because we're obviously raising the height a little bit. Right, about an eighth of an inch or or quarter of an inch above where the tile is right. today. But as long as we don't put a they they interlock together, right? So yeah. you know, as long as that is not on a grout line, right? Mm-hmm. Then then you're good to go, right? And so so we're sensitive to that. Is that a pretty expensive process? No, no, it's it's the it's the. The least expensive way to solve your particular problem, right? Okay. Because taking tile out is not fun, and I have tile guys <laughs> that do it on a regular basis. As as a matter of fact, we're doing a porch right now, and I'll make this a quick story. But we're doing this out, outdoor porch. It's on the second story, mm. and their tile was all breaking up, so we're putting new tile in. And when we started to take it out, it happened to be installed on a sand base. Oh, Right, which I've never seen before, and the sand was two inches thick. So yeah. think of my crew out there. It's an over 300-square-foot porch that they had to take what turned out to be five tons oh. of sand, which yeah. is 10,000 pounds of sand, <laughs> down two stories 
to dispose of this. It's a lot of buckets. Right? It's a lot of buckets, right? <laughs> so We don't live so, in that kind of house. No, 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 you don't. But but the, the good news is that we do not have to take the tile out. We'll float luxury vinyl plank right over the top of it, and it's relatively inexpensive to do. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Ann. Have a thank great you. day. Yeah. Some days you just want to look up the telephone number of the previous installer. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I'm sure you do. Have no, that conversation. Ex- I, I Where had, did that sand come from? I had never <laughs> how seen. How did you get it up there? <laughs> well, and, and how did it pass inspection? That's right. right. How right. is it floating? Yeah, th- th- this is tile. This is not pavers, right? Yeah. I mean. And how so. many people partied underneath it? Oh, dear right? God, yes. Yeah. All this time. How heavy yeah. is that deck? <laughs> Yeah. Now, I well, want to, it was, yeah. Now, I want to tell you a story. Tell you a story about my flooring. I, you know, I, like a lot of people, the first time I try to do something, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and do it. And then the second time, my financial situation is a little bit better. Ten years down the road, I'm saying, I'm going to pay somebody. Okay. First time we did the flooring. It was the least expensive. It was essentially cardboard with a picture of wood on it. Right. You understand the product I'm <laughs> talking about. Know, know it well. You yeah. know it well. <laughs> yeah. and, and you snap it together. Okay, this is what we thought you needed to do. You needed to do an entire run. Okay. You know, the width of the, of the living room. 15 feet. So we cut the thing. And we get 15 foot all snapped together. 15 feet of plank all snapped together. Then we put it at an angle, 45 degree, and then we'd snap it right. all at once. You make a little mistake, and the, the somewhere the pieces unsnap. Okay, we got to a point where that 15 foot turned into 22 foot. Right. It was just a temporary thing, three different. And we thought that we had to keep 23 foot of this stuff. Made out of cardboard. Right. In one straight line, mm. lift the whole thing up at 45-degree angle and snap it down. I don't know whether for the radio listener we <laughs> described what I needed to do. I needed to do the impossible. It's a beautiful picture, Dave. It's a beautiful right. picture. Right. 23 feet. Yeah. I've got – we ran out of adults. Yeah. We had a nine-year-old down at the end. And we'd go, one, two, three, down. And then she'd go, no, this unsnapped. Yeah, right. I wish I had footage of right. that. Okay. I need to see that. No, I'd yeah. like to see a picture of that, that too. A that's, a, that's a great video, right? Yeah. The only point I'm making is that maybe you just want to call Mike DeMeglio. Thank you, yeah. Okay? <laughs> if you're to the point where you don't want to go ahead and learn a new skill, and you just maybe want to let a professional do it, call Mike DeMeglio of Floor Coverings International. What's your website? My website is is www.floorcoveringsinternational.wakeforest.com. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what we're going to have them do? We're going to have them Google. Yeah, just Google. Floor Coverings International. Wake Forest. And you get one in Wake Forest, that's you. Right. Telephone number is 984-242-9400. Yep. Now, yes, sir. now, Brian Finch over at Finch Quality Painting, his email address might be a little bit easier. 
That one's finchpainting.com. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We might be able to remember that one, or you can reach out to him at 919-609-7759. Well, right. when Brock, people don't have enough time left in the show for my email address. <laughs> right. I, I see that. I, I mean, holy cow, it barely fits on the card, right? So. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, the best thing to do would be to call 984 242 Six three eight two. If you have a question, and then when you get on with Mike, just say, "Mike, here's my email. <laughs> send me one, right? Just send me, send me a note, and, and we'll respond. We can, right? But this is good. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen, for for being here. Let's talk just in the last minute here about that whole thing about making connections with customers without actually touching them. First, Brian from uh, Brian Finch from Finch Painting. Right now, you know, we're concentrating, obviously, on the exterior portion of the painting side. Um, we Good. know right now with kids being at home, um, with maybe both the parents working out of their house, the interior painting is not going to be the first possible um, thing that comes to mind. So right now we are taking a lot of calls for exterior painting. All right. And Mike? Yeah, yeah Dave, this actually fits our, our model quite well. Uh, our model is we bring the flooring store to you. It's always been that way for the four years that we've been around. Our vans have over 3,500 samples in it. Carpet, tile, hardwoods, luxury vinyl plank. I mean, it's all in the van. So we're coming to the customer, which makes it easier. They don't have to go to a flooring store. They don't have to be out in the middle of everybody. So Next week, it's Stephen Clip, the house whisperer on this show, making your home great.